Welcome to the first edition of Teachable Moments, a podcast produced by the Education Fund. I'm Patricia Maldonado. As a nonprofit serving public schools in Miami-Dade County, the Education Fund's goal is to bring innovation into the classroom. Our goal with this podcast is to share innovative resources, tips, and opportunities for educators in our community and beyond. For this first episode, we're focusing strictly on the local topic, the Education Fund's teacher grants. To tell us more about the grants available to public school teachers in Miami-Dade County is Audrey Onyeki, a program manager at the Education Fund. Welcome, Audrey. Hi, Patty. So what kind of grants are available through the Education Fund for teachers? Well, the Education Fund recognizes that there is a direct correlation between student achievement and teachers receiving the resources, support, and recognition they deserve. So to that end, we offer a number of grants to teachers, uh, starting with our Innovator Grants. Just as the name suggests, we award up to $1,000 for teachers with innovative ideas they want to try in their classrooms. And these grants are typically for projects that fall outside of the existing curriculum, yet will enhance curriculum and pacing guides and are in step with what students are already learning. So do, can you give us a few examples? Oh, well, we funded a, a number of really amazing innovator grants over the years. Uh, one that really stands out from two years ago was one from a teacher at Everglades K-8 Center, Kelsey Major. And Mr. Major wrote an innovator grant proposal for a project that was born out of the Parkland massacre. And he decided to, he wanted to start a after-school club for his students who were grieving and confused and had no outlet um, for their grief and their, and their fears. And what started as a project, an after-school club for 12, with 12 students has grown to well over 40 students. He's been the subject of, you know, many interviews and television and radio, and, and it's been an amazing project that not only provided an outlet for those students to handle their and process their grief and their fears, it also taught them how to research, how to do statistical analysis, and how to advocate for change. So it was really a, a, an amazing project and one that we're very, very proud of to have supported. Um, yes. so, oh, uh -huh. I'm sorry. Keep going. Well, I mean, some of the other innovator grant projects, you know, we cover all topics, all subject areas and for all grade levels. So we have we fund innovator grants for robotics and STEM, visual arts, STEAM, um, math, language arts, social sciences. And recently we've been receiving a lot more applications for social emotional learning and technology in the classroom. And we've just been awarded some special funding in this crisis that we're in now with the COVID-19 pandemic to be able to provide teachers with some emergency funding for resources and supplies they may need in their struggles to adapt to distance learning. So for example, uh, headsets, webcams, any kind of equipment that they may need at home to, in order to you know, make the transition to distance learning as seamless as possible for their students. So the, the these innovator grants that you've been talking about, how much um, per grant is awarded? Innovator grants are up to $1,000. And the way that this is calculated is when they're applying, they have to supply a budget. So they have to do the research as to what they think this project is going to cost them. And that those costs generally 
cover you know supplies or uh, a digital subscription or um, equipment that they need to purchase in order to see this through. So um, another example would be for, um, let's say, a few years ago, we had one for get on the ball. And the teacher wanted to try alternate forms of seating for her young learners for elementary level. And research had shown that when kids are introduced to different types of chairs and they're not just sitting at a desk all day, mm-hmm. their student achievement and their learning increases, their attention span increases. And they you know, look forward to coming to class a little bit more because it's not so boring as just sitting at a desk. And so we provided funding for this teacher to purchase wobble chairs, bean bags, um, exercise balls to sit on, which actually are a lot of people use them in their offices, including myself, um, just for a, a relief from sitting at a desk all day. And that project, you know, the funds that she received from the education fund allowed her to purchase those materials. And then after the grant project is completed, teachers then provide us with a report on, you know, whether or not the project was successful, how it worked, what their students learned, what their achievement levels uh, increased to, if any. And they provide receipts with us to us to ensure that, you know, the spending, everything is transparent. Okay. So now I know you're in a new grant cycle and you are promoting uh, a new series of grants. Tell us about these grants and how they're different from the Innovator Grants. Well, we, are you talking about the new grants that, that we I'm just talking about the, the Disseminator Grants. Oh, Disseminator Grants. So the Disseminator Grants, right now, we are issuing uh, calls for proposals for disseminators who are going to lead workshops at our Idea Expo Teacher Conference. So our disseminators often were innovators first. In other words, they received funding from the education fund through an innovator grant. And if that project was successful, they apply to disseminate those ideas to other teachers at our Idea Expo teacher conference with the idea of the education fund not just impacting one teacher's student body, but to increase that across the district. So if an innovator received funding from the education fund for their project and then comes to the expo and teaches that those concepts to you know 25 other teachers well, that increases exponentially the number of students that we're impacting right 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 and, I, and i'm thinking of one in particular that was pretty popular um recently the alexa grant well alexa in the classroom really was one of our most popular so it was uh presented first at the 2018 idea expo and it was done by an elementary school teacher who's done a lot of work with the education fund and um, it, it teaches teachers how to incorporate Alexa into the classroom. So in other words, it's very easy to say, oh, anybody can just buy an Alexa mm-hmm. and your kids can have an Alexa in the classroom and it could be a shortcut. Oh, hey, Alexa, what's four plus four? Well, that's really not the idea behind it. The idea is to utilize Alexa to make learning fun for kids because they, they love using the technology now but doing so in a way that actually enhances learning. So that teacher showed other teachers how to incorporate Alexa into the classroom by stimulating learning, but not, provi- not just providing shortcuts to learning. 
Right. And I know that some of your past disseminators have used drones. Um, you've mentioned robotics. Um, they've used a wide range of technology to really uh, change the way students are learning and making it more engaging for them. Yeah, at our last expo in 2019, a lot of the new workshops that we offered were incorporating technology in the classroom. So for example, we had a teacher that instructed other teachers on how to use Skype in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Now Skype is something that every Miami-Dade County public school teacher has free on their Microsoft 365 platform, but not every teacher knows how to create a lesson plan around it. So it's, it's not just about you know, getting somebody on Skype on a Skype call and having that person speak to your students, but how to really design a lesson plan around the use of Skype, how to secure speakers and guests to speak to your classroom. What are some of the steps that you need to go through in order to secure that person? You know, these are things that teachers don't necessarily know. Right. And that was a very popular workshop. And I'm sure we'll repeat that again at the expo in 2020. Um, another one that, that we've used, um, is how to incorporate YouTube videos. That one was probably one of the most popular uh, workshops at the expo. And the teacher created an amazing curriculum packet that is available free on the Education Fund website. And that one is called Double Student Success with YouTube. Now, the teacher who created this uh, project and led the workshop had noticed that her students were not turning their homework in. And the reason, you know, after investigation, she found was that the, te the kids weren't really taking very good notes. There are some language barriers. Not all of them are, are you know, English as a first language. And their parents, a lot of them don't speak English very well at all, if any. And what was happening was they were, sent, they were going home with their homework and they couldn't read the instructions. They didn't understand the instructions and kids just gave up and weren't doing their homework. So the teacher decided to create YouTube videos to try to explain the homework and using some visual cues that would help the parents understand it and therefore allow them to help their kids. Now, every teacher knows that when parents are involved in the learning experience, students do better. So if your parents are helping you at home, you're more inclined to learn, your grades go up, um, you're more inclined to enjoy school, all of those things. Having parents involved is a positive all the way around. So this teacher created a workshop called Double Student Success with YouTube. And what she did was took teachers through step-by-step -step how to conceptualize, shoot, edit, light, and then upload videos to YouTube, how to insert links into the videos. I mean, it was really, really comprehensive and so well done. And it's something that we're probably going to be um, offering to teachers again now through a, a virtual workshop to assist them in distance learning and all of the challenges that they're facing now, uh, now that schools are shut down right. indefinitely. So um, a question for you. I know you're in this cycle where you're seeking proposals for these disseminator grants. How mm -hmm. much um, is awarded to each uh, teacher? With the so, the dis yeah, so the disseminator grants are a little different from our other grants. So with our innovator grants, again, the, the funding is for resources and supplies. Mm -hmm. And so a teacher has to submit a budget that talks about how much they're going to spend for that. And then they submit their receipts that have to equal the amount of money that they receive. Whereas the disseminators receive a stipend. And the stipend is $750 mm -hmm. 
And that is compensation for their time mm -hmm. and for their idea. They have to not only deliver a workshop at the expo, but they also have to produce a 20 page, well, 15 to 20 page paper on um, how to implement those strategies into other teachers' classrooms. Now, I know you're in the process of uh, receiving ideas and you're also hosting a bunch of webinars to um, show teachers how to put these proposals together. Tell us a little bit about the webinars and where someone can go and watch. Well, the webinars really are, are born out of necessity. So last year, we decided to hold a number of workshops for teachers all around the county to make them accessible for teachers all over because it's quite a you know, geographically spread out area. And we had about four workshops last year that resulted in almost 100 teachers attending and learning the whole process of becoming a disseminator at our expo and also learning how to write proposals to lead con uh, workshops at other conferences. It's not limited. The concepts are the same. It's not limited mm -hmm. uh, to the Education Funds Idea Expo. And, you know, we have a series of workshops planned around the county again this year, but obviously that's not possible now. So we are starting to offer webinars instead that really take teachers through the whole process. So not only how to fill out the application, but also gives them tips on what we look for, mm -hmm. what we need. Uh, we show them the rubric so they can see exactly how these proposals are judged so they can write their proposals accordingly. And we also help them with conceptualizing their ideas. So for example, last year at some of these workshops, you know, we would ask teachers, some teachers would come to the workshops with, they already had an idea of what they wanted to, to write for a disseminator proposal. And we just helped them through the process of submitting the application and writing the application. Other teachers had no idea what they wanted to do. They were just coming because it was something interesting and intriguing to them. And we had one teacher that he told us he had no idea. He had no ideas. He had no, no clue as to what he would do for a workshop. And so just in talking with him, we kind of pulled it out of him by just asking some questions like, what was the thing that you did in your classroom within the past couple of years that you're most proud of? Mm -hmm. What was the one thing that you did that had the greatest impact on student achievement? What was the one thing that your students enjoyed the most? And so from that, he described uh, a project that he had done using another free app that's found on the Microsoft 360 platform. And that resulted in another one of the most popular workshops at the expo. And it was basically just teaching other teachers how to use that app to record students reading. And that in increases their reading because they get to play back and hear themselves speak and they get to hear themselves read and it boosts their confidence. And it was also applicable to not just for reading, but also for foreign language and, and ESOL. So teachers that were foreign language teachers, they get to have their students record themselves speaking in their foreign language and then playing it back. So they're hearing their mistakes and they can go, they can save it and come back later and really hear their own progress, which encourages them. No, that's really great. When's the, what's the deadline for uh, submitting a proposal for a disseminator grant? The deadline for a disseminator grant is May 4th mm -hmm. and we will be offering, you know, a number of webinars up until that point. And all of the information is available on our website. And that would be educationfund.org. So, um, so FYI, you can just visit the homepage at educationfund.org and you can get all the details. Now, um,
you guys offer these grants. The Ed Fund uh, has been offering these teacher grants for a long time now. How, where do you get the money for these grants? Who funds that? Well, we raise money from the private sector and funnel it right back into public school education. And we are so grateful to a number of sponsors that have supported this program in particular um, over the years. One is the Ford Motor Company. Ford has been a tremendous partner and they particularly love to fund projects that involve STEM and STEAM. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, it's a motor company and they make cars and they're interested in ensuring that our students are learning concepts that relate to engineering and math and technology and science, as well as art, because, um, you know, cars also include elements of design. So Ford has been a wonderful partner in, in funding teachers for STEM. And they've also graciously hosted many of our workshops that we've offered for teachers. That's really great. Yeah. TD Bank is another one of our sponsors that we really appreciate. Um, We have a member, one of our board of directors is an executive at TD Bank, and they provide funding for financial literacy projects, which is very interesting because at some point within the last year or two, the state decided that financial literacy was something that should be a requirement for all teachers to teach at some point. It was very vague and it got passed, but then it was never really implemented. But we do believe, as TD Bank believes, that our students need to have some guidance in financial literacy in order to prepare them you know, for their own careers, for college planning, for you know, being an adult and, and learning the concepts that will keep them um, debt free and, you know, be able to buy a house and finance a car and finance college and all the things that uh, smart money management can allow a person to do in this country. So we're very grateful to TV bank for their support in that arena. Um, Assurance has been a tremendous partner. They fund a lot of our grants. They don't necessarily stipulate what category they go into. And we really appreciate Assurance, And they've also, um, participated in the grant judging process with some of their employees, which was a really interesting exercise because it gave us some, some unique and new insights as to um, what people think is innovative. And we got a lot of really helpful information from the assurance employees. That's really great. Um, Yeah. And FPL is a huge uh, supporter of robotics in this County. So they provide us with funding to um, give teachers the opportunity to, try new things with robotics or lead a workshop or adapt some of the ideas that they learned at the expo, which is our third grant, which is the adapter grants. So our cycle really starts with innovator grants. So you, you start as an innovator and then you apply to become a disseminator. Although to become a disseminator, you do, it's not required that you were an innovator first, but you innovate, then you disseminate and teach those concepts to other teachers And then the teacher who attends your workshop, they can apply for adapter grants in order to receive the funding to replicate those ideas in their own classrooms. So those are up to $400. So a perfect example is the Alexa in the classroom that we talked about earlier. So that workshop has probably had at this point, because we've offered it more than once, let's say 60 teachers have attended Alexa in the classroom. And if each of those teachers has you know, 25 to 35 students, then that's how many students are now impacted by that one idea that one teacher had. And that's really the idea behind the education fund's support of teachers is to share best practices. So that one teacher's great idea 
goes well beyond their own classroom and can affect students' achievement all across the district. That's really awesome. So just to recap, we have been speaking with Audrey Onyeki, although I may have been mispronouncing <laughs> you your last it's name. Onyeki. Onyeke, my apologies, with Audrey Onyeke. She's a program manager at the Education Fund, and she oversees a program called um, Ideas, uh, with Ideas with Impact. <laughs> Ideas with Impact. A little, uh, I paused there because I couldn't remember it. There's so many programs. And the new, um, the deadline for the disseminator grants that Audrey spoke about is May 4th. And you can visit educationfund.org to get more details on uh, how to apply, uh, webinars, and you can even email Audrey directly if you can't attend a webinar. She'll do a one-on-one session with you. Right, Audrey? Right. So if teachers <laughs> cannot attend the webinar for whatever reason, or maybe even if they have and just need a little bit more counseling and um, help on their existing ideas or help in formulating those ideas, they can absolutely contact me to schedule a one-on-one call and they can email me directly, Audrey at educationfund.org. That's A-U-D-R-E-Y at educationfund.org. Well, great. Well, Audrey, thank you for being the first (laughs) on Teachable Moments. And uh, we hope to bring you back uh, again to talk about some of the other programs that you work on and about the Idea Expo later this year. Can't wait. So take yeah, I know. I can't wait. I can't wait for all of us to get out of our homes and back to the real world. Absolutely. Um, take care. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week with another teachable moment. Thank you, Patty. All righty. Bye. Welcome to EdFund Teachable Moments, a podcast produced by the Education Fund. I'm Patricia Maldonado. As a nonprofit serving uh, public schools in Miami-Dade County, the Education Fund's goal is to bring innovation into the classroom. Our goal with this podcast is to share innovative resources, tips, and opportunities for educators in our community and beyond. And today we're focused on remote learning, also called distance learning. Joining me is Michelle Singh, one of the Education Fund's tech experts, giving webinars to teachers now that they're all, they've all moved to giving classes online. Welcome, Michelle. Hi. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you for joining me. I, I know that you've been like super busy. You've, um, you're booked all this week doing uh, tech seminars and uh, I should say webinars for the Ed Fund, um, apart from the work that you do for Miami-Dade County Public Schools. Um, tell us a little bit, just to get us started, um, what are you hearing from teachers now that they've had to move to remote um learning what's the experience for them like well to be transparent it's stressful <laughs> how, it's, how so it's it's stressful because the concept of remote learning especially when it's happened so quickly which is you know what remote learning is when closure of a school is needed they have to go to distance that that level of distance learning but um, it, it's it's stressful because they are not really sure how to manage, how to structure. They they don't really understand um, how to develop a routine for this kind of learning environment. And we have expectations for the classroom and things that we have to accomplish with our content. And it's hard to deliver all of that in a remote learning environment. 
And there's a huge difference with meeting uh, those guidelines and remote learning and meeting them in a face-to-face classroom. So um, in what way is it, is it different? I mean, I mean, I'm sure that's a, a silly question um, for a teacher to, to uh, you know, you're probably thinking, oh God, it's, you know, so different. But for someone who doesn't know, like, especially for parents who um, don't, might not understand, what are the challenges that um, that remote learning uh, provide um, compared to just being in a classroom face-to-face with kids? Um, well, let's talk about the difference. So you asked what's the difference. One of the, one of the biggest differences is the time, uh, the time requirement. So, you know, in a typical classroom, in a face-to-face classroom, a teacher sees their students uh, for, you know, basically the students are in school for six hours out of the day. Right. In a remote learning environment, you can't expect for the child to sit in front of a computer for six hours out of the day. And the teacher should not have to do that either. Uh, in remote learning, you can have experiences that are synchronous, where you can have an online meeting with your whole classroom, where you get to see your students and they mm-hmm. get to hear you and you get to teach them Um using the video features, um, but students should also have asynchronous experiences where the teacher will give them, you know, the content and whatever that assignment is and allow them to kind of go and do that work on their own. And that work may be reading and outlining or working out problems on their own, um, but it doesn't require them to actually be sitting in front of the teacher and the computer for six hours a day. Right, right, right. So that's one of the biggest differences with uh, face-to-face and remote learning. The students kind of have a little bit more autonomy with the trust of the teacher, obviously, to kind of work on their own and complete their tasks on their own. In a regular classroom, they would have the few hours in the day that they had left after leaving school to do that kind of Um, those kinds of learning tasks for homework. But here, they would have more hours in the day doing that than they do actually seeing the the teacher face-to-face. So I know that part of what you're doing with the Education Fund is getting uh, teachers started with remote learning. What does that Mm -hmm. entail? Uh, So with remote learning, it entails a lot, but I want to keep it simple because one of the first tips that I would give to teachers is to keep it simple. Keep their content simple. Focus on whatever those skills are that those students need to learn at that point. So keep the content simple, keep their processes simple, how they're teaching, keep that simple, and keep their expectations simple. Because with remote learning, they cannot approach it the same way that they approach their face-to-face teaching. The goal of remote learning is to continue the learning so students are doing something while they're at home during, you know, during this time, uh, this challenging time for us. But again, it's not a six hour face-to-face course (laughs) that, um, you know, mimics what they would do in a face-to-face classroom. So I would say the first tip for remote learning would be to keep it simple. Um, Some of the other things that I am sharing with teachers related to remote learning is to find a tool, a technology tool that simplifies the process for them, a tool that they can use for communication, 
a tool that they can use for students to be able to collaborate, mm -hmm. a tool they can use to share work and content and assignments and a tool that will allow the students to then submit assignments to them and, and share their progress and a tool that will allow them to have these online meetings or host these online class meetings with their um, students. So find a tool that can do all of that. Um, luckily, the district has tools they can use, you know, that they, they have um, suggested that teachers utilize for, for remote learning. Right, uh, right. The, the next thing that I would say, I have five, five tips, just keeping it simple, five tips I would give them. Right. Right. So the, the next thing would be to create a simple schedule. So creating a schedule would look like what their week looks like. So what are you doing on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays? You can be checking in with the students, giving them a welcome message a week at a glance, seeing how, you know, the, the, their learning is going on Mondays. And on Tuesdays, you're giving them their assignments and explaining the guidelines. And on Wednesdays, you host your virtual meetings with them where you actually deliver content. And then on Thursdays, you have virtual conferences where you can meet one-to-one -one with students and families mm -hmm. uh, to answer questions that they may have while working on those things that you've assigned them for the week. And then on Fridays, you provide an opportunity for them to collaborate, maybe through discussions with other classmates or through some kind of collaborative work. But you should really create a simple schedule so you're not, so the teacher is not bogged down with trying to be online and creating, creating content several, you know, for, for 18 hours a day. That's just not feasible. Uh, try to create a very simple schedule that is easy on the teacher and easy on the students and families. Mm -hmm. um, two more, sorry. Okay. Uh, the fourth, the fourth tip would be to decide on their structure that they want to use to deliver their content. Earlier, I talked about asynchronous and synchronous learning. So it, it's important for them to provide opportunities for both. So if they are, they should be, you know, having online class meetings at least once a week with the students but they also should, you know, this is a suggestion, if they are utilizing tools that the district already provides, like iReady or Ingenuity or Gizmos, they can still continue that within the remote learning environment by, you know, assigning those tasks for students to complete. So they need to decide on like a simple structure to use mm -hmm. for their content delivery, where, you know, synchronous and asynchronous combined one or the other they have to decide on what they're going to do and then the fifth tool is very important they have to communicate with the students and the parents and their families to keep them in the loop about uh what's what's happening and a great way to do that is through virtual conferences so those are like the five things that i would definitely share with teachers to help them getting started with remote learning or, or continuing their journey on remote learning and th those are some of the things i do talk about in the webinar Right. I get and, a little bit more depth. Right, right. <laughs> and, and in fact, uh, with regards to getting started with remote learning, the Education Fund is hosting um, a remote learning, uh, several remote learning uh, getting started webinars. You could just log on to educationfund.org to find out the latest date and time of the next remote learning webinar. Um, now, I know that you're also working on technology tools and tips, and that brings us to the question, how tech ready are teachers um, 
to do all this? I mean, yes, they have to get organized and, and these are all great, but what about the technology? Is that something that's coming easily to them? Um, or or is this a, has, has this been a struggle? It depends on the teacher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like the learners in our classroom, we have students who are beginners, students who are intermediate, students who are advanced. It's the same way with the, te the technology. There are some teachers who have been integrating technology, so this process is a little bit smoother for them. Um, so, you know, because they have, all, you know, they have already integrated technology in their content area, the, then you have some teachers who are just getting started. And so they have a lot of bumps in the road and they need more support. They have lots of questions. They have lots of questions and they need more support and they need, um, you know, almost like one-to-one -one consultations to really understand what to do with the technology tools that are available to, to them um, that the district provides. Uh, you have some some teachers who are kind of in that in that middle range who may have, you know, dabbled with the tool. And so now they're getting really in depth and they just need just that little push to say, oh, okay, that's where you find it. Okay, I have it from here. Okay. So I, I, it really depends on the, the teacher. Is there is there uh, a support number that teachers are using? Is there a phone number or do they, if they have yeah. a question, what, where do the, they go other than you? The, the district has um, a support set up for them. The district has a hotline, a help hotline, 305-995-HELP or 305-995-4357. That's the distance learning hotline. It's open Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And they can contact the distance learning hotline if they have any questions related to what they're facing with this remote learning. There is also uh, websites that the district has created for them. The district has the instructional continuity plan 2.0 site and that is icp.dadeschools.net. On there they can find all the information related to how they get started, the content delivery models, the time frame that the teachers uh, well, that the students are expected or recommended to 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 um, spend depending on their grade level with you know with online instruction, uh, attendance policies, mobile device distributions, communication tools that the district has recommended, and information regarding internet access. So that's at icp.dadeschools.net. There's an an additional resource at distancelearning.dadeschools.net. On this site, they have educator resources and student resources related to the technology Microsoft Teams that's being utilized across the district. Mm -hmm. And then finally, for parents and families, there is the Parent Academy. The Parent Academy has in their virtual campus, they have webinars that they have um, produced with, uh, with partners uh, for, for um, families in different languages in Spanish, mm -hmm. Haitian, Creole, and English for them to help, for, to help them navigate with, the, with, with remote learning and what's happening with the technology that's being used with remote learning. And the that, Parent Academy is parentacademymiami.com. That's really great. I mean, there are a lot of resources out there, it sounds like. Yes, the district, um, you know, the district has tried to put out as much help as they can. And they even had um, a two day professional development day, as well as a teacher work day last uh, on Friday. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, you know, they, they, they had a whole PD menu of different courses that the teachers could take part in related to all the tools that are, are out there and the resources that are out there being used during this time. That's, that's really great. And I know that, like I said, we've been giving these webinars. We have three this week. Uh, log on to educationfund.org to find out uh, when we're hosting um, Get Started with Remote Learning, uh, Technology Tools and Tips for Remote Learning, and Ask the Experts. Uh, that's a very popular webinar that we host on Saturday mornings, um, which is a live Q&A with uh, Michelle and a few other uh, of our colleagues from Miami-Dade County Public Schools who are very tech savvy and uh, can answer your questions. Um, what, are, what are teachers saying about their students' experience with remote learning? Um, well, I, I think the students are also under a lot of stress yeah. with with work. There are, I, I have a daughter who is taking part in remote learning. And one of the things that she does say is sometimes there's too much work that's being given. The same amount of work that you would give for the face-to-face is what's being given in the online learning. So I always go back to, you know, trying to get the point across about keeping it simple. We can't have the same expectation that we do in a face-to-face in the remote learning environment. The goal is to continue the learning. Right, right. So um you know, I know this has been a very quick transition for everyone, not just here, but across the country, because most mm-hmm. school districts have moved to remote learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talk about the challenges all the time, but what are the benefits? Can you think of what are, are there any benefits to this um, to this situation that that will come out of the remote learning experience? I mean, it's hard. I can say benefits, but considering the, you know, the sensitivity of what we're going through, it's hard to just say, hey, this is a benefit. But I can I can talk about the the, just the fact that people are going to be more in tuned to the technology and what the technology can do to streamline what they already do and to make them more productive in the in the classroom whether it's streamlining the communication that they have with their students and their families, there's definitely going to be more communication during remote learning with parents and families than there would be because now the students are basically at home learning with the parents. Right. And so I I think that would be a benefit. There's going to be more exposure to the technology tools and the productivity that will come from utilizing the technology with the instruction um, integrating that technology with instruction. Um, and of course, you know, on a personal level, the, 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 the students and the parents are home together or the students yeah. and the families are home together if, if they are in, you know, if, if they are able to, to, to be in their home together, you know? Right, right, right. It, it, does, it does make for a more active parent, um, which hopefully will enhance the learning experience for the student, for their child. Um, I know that, you know, we're not going to touch on um, the digital challenges or the digital divide that some families are experiencing. We'll we'll touch on that in another episode of Teachable Moments, because I think that's such a huge Mm -hmm. uh, challenge. And I, and 
even at the education fund, they're looking for ways to get materials mm -hmm. to families that don't have them. Yeah. And uh, so we're working through that. But just for today's episode, we're working on, you know, getting the teachers the uh, resources that they need and getting them access to experts like Michelle Singh um, to help them. And so, again, I want to thank you, Michelle, for joining mm -hmm. us on EdFund Teachable Moments. And please log on to educationfund.org to find out about all the upcoming webinars. Again, we're running three. We're Ask the Expert, which is a live Q&A, uh, Technology Tools and Tips for Remote Learning, and then Getting Started with Remote Learning. There's you no know, better time to get started than mm -hmm. right now. Right. <laughs> so, um, Michelle, thank you so much. And You're good welcome. luck. Um, I know you've 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 been just so wonderful with the Ed Fund and all the webinars that you've been offering. And I know the teachers, they've been highly popular. We have hundreds of people who sign up, hundreds of teachers sign up for these webinars. Um, and, you know, we gladly will accept hundreds of them all at yeah. one time. So we're really grateful to you. It shows just the need. There's such a such a great need for this information and I'm, I'm happy that you all are able to provide it as a resource for teachers, uh, you know, just to have for free. <laughs> for free. Absolutely. I mean, you know, mind you, we have funders who are helping, you know, support the programs like uh, Ford Fund and the PL Dodge Foundation. I might as well mention them. Uh, FPL and Assurn and TD Bank and the Consortium of Education Funds of Florida. There are so many of them and, and they make it possible for the Education Fund to provide these programs through the uh, Ideas with Impact program. So yeah. thank you again for joining us, Michelle. And please join us next week for another uh, episode of Ed Fund Teachable Moments. Take care and have a great week. Bye. Bye.